Do you have a moment to talk about our Lord and Saviour, me? <laughs> <laughs> So hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Excommunicated Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Tom. And I'm Arthur. Mm. Mm. Was that an off-brand Arthur? Sort of, yeah. yeah. I think you're missing the beard. <laughs> Unfortunately, Arthur <laughs> is not here with us again today. I would sing you a song, Arthur, but uh, I don't want everyone to be uh, put through that again. So He did message me that he appreciated it. Oh, okay. Well, uh, just sing it in your head. Yeah. <laughs> Arthur can't join us again this week. He's still getting his internet set up. So in the meantime, Tom and I will be continuing the PB series alone. Yeah, we've got a bit of kit now, though. So hopefully we should be able to get him to dial in. So uh, yeah, dial be... in. OK, dial in. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, he could dial in via phone. Not with a dial, though. No, no. Okay. Tom, go yeah. sit in the corner. I am in the corner already. That's the problem. <laughs> With a pointy hat on my head. So if you've never listened to the podcast before, Tom and I are ex-Christians who are talking through our deconversion journeys after decades in the church. And we're normally joined by my brother, Arthur, who is a lifelong sinner. And when you say uh, we are ex-Christians, I am an ex-Plymouth brethren. And that's why uh, we're speaking about this uh, series at the moment. Um, I was brought up in the Plymouth Brethren from the age of zero till about 18 or 19. So uh, for me, it felt like a lifetime, but uh, I realized for many that was just uh, my youth. But um, yeah, it's, uh, so that's why I've got a little bit of experience talking about the Plymouth Brethren. Uh, but of course, all of my family are still in the Plymouth Brethren. And so I'm able to talk um, a bit about their thoughts, their feelings about life, the universe and everything. So um, though it's my story and I realise lots of people have lots of different stories in the Plymouth Brethren uh, and we'd love to hear those as well. Um, yeah, this is my story and the things that I've come across anyway. And after like from the age of 18, you didn't then have a break. Yeah. You went immediately back into church and back into Christianity and church leadership. It just was in a different denomination. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, an another batshit crazy sort of denomination, which was the Pentecostal. So from mm -hmm. one extreme to the other, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was in it um, and I have been in it until two years ago now is until it... lockdown yeah yeah is it two years you're a lockdown atheist i am lockdown baby lockdown baby um it'll be coming up on two years i think in in january in january yeah of yeah. course it will be yeah so yeah that's fantastic we should have a party i think we should yeah most definitely um and it's great to hear your stories everyone out there um i know that many people are now joining the face group the face group? The face... <laughs> I wish Arthur was here. <laughs> yeah, I know. But it's great to see so many people actually coming and joining on the Facebook group mm -hmm. um, because Jess has set up a private group. The link is in the description below. Yeah. And I would just encourage people to just post on that as much as you want because I'm quite nervous to post on that because I feel like um, almost a bit shy. Mm. I think when I get here and i get to speak on the mic i don't feel shy because it's just me and you in a room sure but when i have to actually like address the people who listen to this podcast and who follow us i'm like oh no i feel yeah. i feel really um yeah scared to share things but please post on there whatever you'd like yeah and you know and help each other out as well you know it's, it's a yeah. great place to share uh and uh 
I think you know there's quite a few actually joining now, so it'd be great if if more did so. I mean, that's that's the key really is to to you know have this community, I suppose. Yeah, and it'd be a good place to have questions that you'd like us to answer or yeah, things sure. that you you felt confused about maybe in podcast episodes maybe if there's something about the Plymouth Brethren that you don't understand fully mm-hmm. drop it in the Facebook group it would be really really great yeah so. certainly but today we're mm. going to be doing episode four of the Plymouth Brethren deep dive yes the hat drama the hat <laughs> scandal the saga, saga yeah. yeah i mean i'm quite happy about this one because it's not a personal thing whereas yeah. the last one was like you know sort of kicking the guts type uh, stories it was like bearing your soul whereas yeah, this sure. is more yeah. anecdotal now yeah so in a sense um i feel a lot happier doing this um but it brings up a lot of still bad memories of course um but in a sense i'm not speaking with authority here because obviously i'm not a woman in the situation in the brethren church Mm -hmm. um but i'm speaking about the things i saw up to the age of obviously 19 and obviously of of what i've experienced since those times as well so yeah um this argument this this saga this this subject is a continual um debate which goes on which is bizarre Um, whether a woman should wear a hat in church or not Mm -hmm. Um, and you just look at it and you think how crazy is this that so much time I mean we're talking hours upon hours upon hours of time and grief and arguments and crying and screaming I've been involved in of people talking about whether or not they should wear hats in church mm-hmm. or not it's just ludicrous absolutely ludicrous pointless really yeah absolutely yeah um, if, if you know nothing about the Plymouth Brethren just for a little bit of of backstory as well it's a very strict extreme version mm. of Christianity they're very against expression quite strict quite Victorian yes I would, I would like to say they're Victorian really mm-hmm. um more than anything else they are just so um set in their ways absolutely um, yeah. and their way is the only way uh, and anyone else who does it is the wrong way really mm-hmm. um so uh yes so the saga where does it come from and where does it go what is what is even the point yeah what is the point I've, any idea jess what i i don't know the biblical backing of it i only know through your stories of what you observed i know that women have to wear hats because their hair is their glory okay yeah sure that's all i know but i yeah. don't know where that comes from in the bible um i mean i just wanted to you know almost say they're so strict that if you're not wearing a hat um in many of the churches you're not allowed in okay so this this was one of my questions actually i have a bunch of questions at yeah the sure end, oh okay and i did think you were going to answer some of them throughout the way yeah. but so if a woman came hatless to your parents church yes they would be turned away um no but they would be put into the outer circles almost are you ser- they'd be banished yeah, to like I the mean, back of the church yeah basically they're allowed to in some churches they would actually have um ours didn't but on some churches they'd have scars hanging mm-hmm. up yeah so if you attended and you uh you didn't have a hat then you'd actually have to wear one of the scarves that was there and if you didn't then yeah you would have to be turned away um the church i went to they basically would banish you to the corner almost i suppose if you wouldn't wear 
a hat or a scarf. Yeah, um, but you wouldn't be allowed into the breaking of bread service. So you would be turned away, yeah. Okay. You grew up in this, so you don't know how insane that sounds. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, for me, this is like, yeah, no, of course. No, that that's fine. Okay. No, I'll, no, I'll, mean, I'll let you get a yeah, bit no, further into but, it. But saying that is not fine. And obviously looking back now, it, it is. And even as I was growing up, it, I couldn't understand why so much effort was given to just this symbol basically, of having something stuck on your head. Like, so much emphasis was put so on it. So much. It was just bizarre. And I'm going to find it difficult, you know, putting across to other people out there mm-hmm. who aren't in the Plymouth Brethren how important this is to the congregation. Yeah. So It's, it's like a main tenet. Yeah. I mean, so to us, it's like, what the hell are you going on about? It's a hat. But to them, this is a massive thing, and you'll understand why in a minute when I read when I read the verse of scripture, which they take um, literally. Then you can see why, in a sense, why they've taken that. But it was, in a sense, as well. Some of the churches were um, in order of hierarchy, so they almost liked to the fact that they were stricter than the others. Mm -hmm. It's like a point of pride, wasn't it? It was. So, oh, we're stricter than them. Yeah. And they used to sort of gloat in the fact that, you know, oh, yeah, you wouldn't be allowed in our church without a hat. You know, so and I'm talking... As though that's godly. Yeah, yeah. They would gloat over the the hat aspect themselves. And, oh, I wouldn't go over there. No, that some of the ladies don't even wear hats. It was... was frowned upon oh but we're better than anyone else because again as we always say uh they know everything about everything and anyone else that uh that doesn't sort of reach their standards isn't good enough basically you yeah. know and it is standards and status it's like yes. look at us we are the most holy strict, strict. The most holy. yes yeah absolutely but that turns people away and they don't understand no. that they'll never get their head around making themselves so strict and so exclusive yeah means that they're not welcoming they're not being godly no in any way it's insane yeah I'm, and to the extent of this then filtered down to the youth so obviously there were um youth in the brethren um which they were a strange bunch obviously i was part of it but they were a strange bunch because there were those that thought the same way as their parents mm-hmm. as the brainwashed in, ones yeah as in i am better than anyone else because we believe this and we are right mm-hmm. uh, and everyone else is wrong therefore listen to us type thing yeah and they were an arrogant um pious lot of of youth so you had those there weren't many that um weren't unchurched people in the youth as in came from the areas in the Mm -hmm. sense the youth mainly came from their mums and dads yeah that's that's how you got you know brought up in the church yeah that's how you got your younger people really there are one or two you made them yeah yeah basically (laughs) yeah you you had to make them um and that's why, in a sense, I mean, slightly off topic, but that's why, in a sense, the Plymouth Brethren is dying out mm-hmm. um, because they've all grown up. And the ones that were made have uh, realised that it's actually not that good and have left. Yeah. And so you're left with now so few people actually in the chapels who are, you know, in their 80s now. Yeah. Within 10 years, most will be shut. Um, so, yeah, so they were made. But I... I just wanted to say that because I remember going to a youth camp on one occasion, mm-hmm. uh, and it was a 
a brethren youth camp. Of course it was. Where you got up and you had your Bible readings in your tent and then you went and had your breakfast and then after breakfast you had your morning worship well they wouldn't call it worship but the morning session they'd have a visiting speaker um then you'd have your lunch uh, this was a youth camp this is a youth camp yeah in the afternoon you were allowed to do some games and things you know which was a lot of fun uh and then in the uh you'd have your dinner and then you'd have uh, the evening service um which was really strict obviously uh and uh then after that you'd maybe have an hour or two before you went to bed which was uh whew, all exciting stuff. I always remember that when it came to the Sunday, they would have their own breaking of bread service, which they call it, not communion, breaking of bread. And how that the girls from the really strict churches, even though we were living in tents, even though we were slumming it, quite disgusting, you know, if you can imagine quite an old, horrible youth camp, not, you know, beautiful palatial showers and everything else. Um, but they would then turn up, they would have put on their Sunday best as in skirts or dresses or mm -hmm. everything else. And they would be put wearing a hat. And I just remember them walking into the main sort of, um, sort of marquee or, or whatever you want to call it. Um, almost looking down on those that hadn't dressed appropriately mm -hmm. and uh it was just ridiculous and i remember looking across thinking oh my goodness me they took it so seriously and this is at a camp yeah why on earth you know did they need to wear hats and everything else at a camp service for the breaking of bread yeah it was it was just bizarre just bizarre and that was the mentality that was from the age of i suppose 12 when they um entered fellowship um right the way through to whatever they are now you know okay so girls would start wearing the hats after they've been baptized okay so before yeah. that they didn't have to no they were still yeah classified as girls i suppose yeah i i don't know um it was just like when i was baptized um after that i could then take part if i wanted to in the breaking of bread so mm -hmm. i could give out a hymn I was certainly allowed to take the bread and the wine. Before that, I wasn't allowed to take the bread and the wine. Yeah. So girls would be baptised and then they would have to start wearing the hats. Yes. yes. That was in your, your church and your congregation, but more mm. more strict versions of yes. yours. The children had to wear hats from like babies, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's what I'm saying. This was my church, which was classed as open brethren. But within the open brethren, there were some which were stricter than others. And ours was, you know, middle of the road, I suppose. Yeah. Um, But there were some very strict open brethren. And yeah, yeah as, as a baby, the child would have to wear a hat. Or like a headscarf. It would be a headscarf, yeah. Or yeah. I suppose as a baby, it'd be a little bonnet. But then as they get older, they'll be wearing little headscarves. So what is the biblical reasoning for the okay. hats in the Plymouth Brethren? So here we go. This is um, a Bible reading with Tom. So this is taken from 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 2. Mm -hmm. um, there are a couple of other tiny verses. Timothy talks about it once in a while, but this is the main one. Yeah. So Corinthians. So I praise you to remembering me and everything and for holding to the traditions just as I pass them on to you. But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. Okay. Okay. And the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. 
every man who prays or prophesies with his head covers covered dishonors his head but every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovers uncovered dishonors her head it is the same as shaving her head uh, same as having her head shaved for if a woman does not cover her head she might as well have her hair cut off and if it is a disgrace for a woman to have her hair cut off or her head shaved then she should cover her head so that's one thing okay there's a couple things to unpack there yeah but there yeah, is go on. i mean so so I'm, I'll, I'll stop there for a bit so okay. my grandmother who was in the plymouth brethren never cut her hair not once not well supposedly she would trim the ends okay but she was in her 80s and her hair was down past her waist type thing so is it an appearance based thing then what what's the dis- the disgrace with a woman having her head shaved so supposedly um this is a difficult one because mm-hmm. the Plymouth Brethren would talk about the fact that this is a biblical thing being taught and therefore we should follow it. Paul taught us these things, therefore we should follow the things that he tells us. But there are so many biblical things that we don't follow yeah, I anymore mean, in the church. And even Paul talks within literally within the next chapter, he talks about, you know, the fact or chapter 14, he talks about the fact that, you know, when you speak in tongues, there should be someone who... Uh, interprets the tongues mm-hmm. well the Plymouth Brethren say well no that was for the time for the first for the early church so they managed to get rid of that but the keeping of the hats no no that's uh, that's really important yeah because it talks about the structure of of Christ and man and woman um, and so it's bizarre how they can cherry pick some bits and not other bits absolutely I mean surely the speaking in tongues is important surely you know these other gifts which were given were important but yeah but no and and body modification is ruled out yeah isn't it tattoos and piercings uh, that was in the old testament certainly yeah. yeah certainly and every woman in your your mother's church has their ears pierced oh yeah absolutely and, and one of the main leaders has a tattoo and it's it's visible yeah certainly so those things can be put to the side because mm-hmm. we live in modern times etc etc but yes. the hat thing is still it's still still going like viciously enforced yeah i mean and the, the thing about um and again this is the thing which arguments used to go backwards and forwards and when i say um arguments um if you can imagine you know screaming and shouting mm-hmm. almost uh because of the frustrations of some of the ladies i think we used to have a an agm uh though it, I, they didn't call it an agm but you know that sort of a meeting once a year where we'd get together um talk about what happened uh the past year and what's going to happen in the following year uh, and then any other business type situation it was there that they would bring up you know hey it says here that um when a man covers his head it's a disgrace when he prays and prophesies but a woman needs to cover it says but every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovers uncovered dishonors her head so they're saying so what she's allowed to pray and prophesy then as long as she covers her head oh and so the arguments used to go on and on and as i said um there were some um ladies within the church which my mother disliked intently because they were outspoken now she's a very outspoken woman yeah but for some reason um 
she liked the idea of sitting back and not taking part in church, whereas these other ladies wanted the chance to be able to speak mm -hmm. in church, uh, to be able to pray or prophesy or, or whatever. They wanted to be able to do these things and they weren't allowed to, even though here it says you can. As long as your head is covered. As long as your head is covered. Yeah. Um, and so they said, well, no, that's not true. That's uh, if, if there's a man present, then you can't. They can do that uh, if it's within their own time. And so they started a woman's Bible reading. Mm -hmm. um, so the women could go along and uh, as long as their heads were covered, they could then teach to each other and pray and spend time because there wasn't a man present and so that wasn't dishonoring. So that's the way they got around it. Um, so it was bizarre, really. And as I said, um, being obviously I was 12 years old, um, because I was now in fellowship, I had to attend these meetings because... Like, this is almost like an elders meeting. We're, we're talking about matters of the church. This is... Yes. And a child is there. You're 12. 12, but I'd now come into fellowship. And because I was in fellowship, therefore I had to be part of the church. But you're a child. Yeah, 12. Of course I am. Yeah. Um, and during that time, when you hear adults um, really laying into each other and some crying and some shouting and everything else, it's not a very pleasant situation. I'm telling you, it's... Uh, I do not understand why you are there. No. At, at 12, while you're there as part of like the running of the church brainstorm session. Sure. And you're there at 12 with yep. no idea what you're talking about. Uh -huh. Why were you there? Why were you there? Because I was now part of the church. I decided I wanted to sign up, you that's, know, so yeah, it's... Yeah, you, sh you should have been able to stay at home for that yeah, one. Yeah, that's batshit. But again, I suppose, you know, it was easier for them to m bring me along than for me to stay at home. I suppose, so don't need a babysitter. I can just hear screaming instead. Fun. Yeah, so much fun. I mean, that's just the first bit. Okay, we're going on to the next bit of uh, reading. So it says, A man ought not to cover his head, since he is the image and glory of God. Okay, get, get ready. Get ready. I'm so mad already. <laughs> I'm so mad, okay. But woman... But woman, oh but yeah. woman is the glory of man. Oh my God, that's horrendous. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Um, I'm going to have to have a little biology session here. Yeah. Man most definitely comes from woman. Yeah, but not originally. Remember, she was produced from the, uh, from the rib of Adam. So neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. It is the, for this reason that a woman ought to have authority over her own head, because of the angels. Yeah, makes sense. Story checks out. Yeah. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman. But everything comes from God. So they are saying, well, yeah, fair enough. Man does come from woman in the end. But still, you're piece of shit because, um, because man is the glory of God and uh, you're the glory of man. That just base that that verse basically just says we're like the little trophies of men. Yeah, like, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Like men is under God, and then we are the glory of men because men just like having us on their arms, like we're pretty little things. Yeah. So you're beginning to understand. Maybe I've got one more bit to to read. So it says, so oh, it judge, gets worse. It gets well, worse. no, judge for yourself. 
Is it proper for a woman to pray to God with her head uncovered? Yep, it's fine. Does not the very nature of things teach you that if a man has long hair, it is a disgrace to him? Jesus had long hair. Maybe. But that if a woman has long hair, it is her glory, for long hair is given to her as a covering. If anyone wants to be contentious about this, we have no other practice, nor do the churches of God. Where is this you're reading this from? So this is 1 Corinthians 11, and it starts at verse 2, goes through to 15. So this is in the Bible, and they're already saying, like, you may need to be contentious about this. Yeah, exactly. That almost sounded like you were reading it from the church's website. Yeah, I know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And so they, they talk about the fact, and this is another one, they don't want man to have long hair because they'll look like a woman. Um, so we can see there's another point there where you want to slap Paul across the face very severely. So Paul said that, supposedly. Yeah, supposedly. But um, this was in a time when men did have longer hair. I, I don't know, you know, and this is the the thing, I don't know if they did have long hair, whether Jesus did have long hair. I mean, obviously the pictures we have, he's got long hair and he's white in a white robe. Yeah, but all depictions of important men from the Bible from these times didn't have buzz cuts no they didn't no they all have kind of like shoulder length or slightly longer hair yeah. so okay carry on yeah Whatever. so i mean i i don't know this is you know basically what happened so but you can see as you're saying about the trophies and about it's dehumanizing yeah and how women are supposed to be um you know are, are are from man and man is important and everything else you can see how that sort of victorian teaching that we now have within the plymouth brethren is links quite nicely with this um and how that the things i experience and the things that still go on you can see fit with this bit of teaching you think oh yeah yeah of course that makes sense the problem was that um corinth which is where this was written about um was a port um and uh as we know in ports um a lot of stuff happens um there are a lot of sailors and there is a lot of business that goes on with sailors uh and supposedly corinth was a really um i don't know what to say not evil but a real um cesspit almost of a place to um to to be um, so much went on, loads of stealing and, and, you know, people coming and going all the time. And it was a real mess. And supposedly the church was also a real mess. And so Paul went there to do this teaching to say, look, come on, guys, you know, let's just get a bit of order into this place. Put some hats on, for come goodness on, sake. God get your can hat see there. You. Yeah, this is it. Let's let's get some, you know, some order. And so I think uh, in a sense... Um, I'm not condone, I'm not saying what he's saying is right. What I'm saying is it was for the for the area. It wasn't even for the time. It was for the actual city itself. It was a mess. It was an absolute mess. And so they had to be incredibly strict to try to pull things back together there. Um so uh so to take things out of context, if if you know Jerusalem would have been different. I don't understand the link between women cover your heads is going to fix an area. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't yeah, underst- yeah, no, certainly. I don't understand how that is the answer to any um, perceived sin. I don't I don't understand. They said, women, you've been given hair as a covering, but everyone has hair yes. as a covering. Yeah. It's just women grow it longer than men. Sometimes. Stereotypically. Yes, certainly. So 
and all the depictions we have of Jesus and important biblical men, had like long I said, hair. they have long-ish hair. Yeah, certainly. I'm I'm just not understanding yeah, it. Maybe you'll explain it deeper. Well, I would like to. I'm I'd not... like to try it. And this was this went on and on. What you're saying are the sorts of things that ladies were saying within the church. I it's can like imagine the frustration that some of them had because their parent their their parents well their parents were but their husbands were within the church. Um, and maybe they were slightly timid, the yeah. husbands, um, and so uh, the women wanted to to speak out and say, "Look, come on, what's going on? Why can't I speak? What you know? What is going on? Why can't I do these things?" That it even says in the Bible, "I can as long as I wear a hat." Yeah, and so they'd say, "Well, okay, you can have your own Bible study then. You can do that if you want to." Um, it was it was just. You're right, I'm getting mad. Yeah, it's understandably, understandably. Um, But the covering of the woman's head um, supposedly was used as an illustration of order, um, of headship and the authority of God. That's where where they're trying to show it. When I'm saying these things, I don't believe this. Okay, don't don't come on me or anyone out there please i'm just trying to trying to explain what they say not what i think i know yeah okay you've and never anyone... asked me to wear a hat once no you like hats i don't anymore okay fine after yeah. this episode we're I'm, gonna burn them I'm all burning all my hats <laughs> um so the key verse is the fact that woman um the the head of uh every man is christ and the head of woman is man and the head of Christ is God. So what is the difference between, because there's still a a structure of authority there. The Bible isn't saying man is above all. There is, no. some, there is something above man. So when man prays to God, why doesn't he have to cover his head? So basically you've got God the Father, God the Son. So this is, now we're going down in in, um, in rank. And God the hat salesman. Yeah, God the Father, yeah, that'd be good. God the Son, that's probably what it is. They had such too many hats they had to get rid of. It's not Holy Spirit, it's hat salesman. It's still uh, HS. That's it. Yeah, I think that's what it is. Yeah. Maybe it's lost in translation. Corinth was a place where they had so many hats. I've cracked the code. I think you have. <laughs> that's the Bible code. Paul was trying to sell hats. <laughs> it says he was a tent maker. I don't think he was. I think he was a hat maker. <laughs> God the Father, God the Son, and God the Hat Salesman. Yeah, Sorry, I think you're right. So, um, so basically, the the rank is um, so God the Father, God the Son, the man or husband, and the woman or wife. So that's where it is. And the veil or covering on the head um, of someone in, uh, of a believing a believing Corinthian wife showed that she was under authority of a husband and therefore under submission to God. So it was showing the fact to people that she was being so she was submissive to God. Okay. Now, why that's why that helps? It doesn't help. I don't know. You know, why can her walking down the street normally show the? It was was almost like an an outward sign of, um, yeah, I'm submissive to God. Yeah, I mean, some people, I suppose, put a fish on the back of their car or put a wear a cross. It shows the fact that they believe, and this was the fact that they were wearing a hat, which showed that they were submissive to God. So there's arguments about the fact that Paul wasn't actually even talking about a hat anyway. He was talking about the length of the hair. And so if you had long hair, that was your veil, and that was still the equivalent of a hat. So there's arguments that they used to use 
as well during the the uh, the time. So yeah, because he was almost talking. He was almost being more harsh about the concept of a woman shaving her head. Yes. Than she, than he was about how she covered yeah, it. Yeah, certainly. It, it was more like a woman should just have long hair. Was, yeah, was almost what he was saying. Basically, yeah, basically. So, um, again, lots of people um, would argue about these facts and they go backwards and backwards and forwards um so you know the context of the passage is for a woman who is wearing her hair longer marks herself out distinctly as a woman and not a man so again this is going back to the fact of i'm a woman i've got long hair i'm a man i've got shorter hair yeah very healthy which is like we always assume, I don't know, because there obviously weren't photographs, but we always assume that people in those times had longer hair. That's roughly where they take it from. Mm-hmm. Now, in today's culture, you know, we no longer look at a woman wearing a head covering as a sign of submission. Um, in fact, in most societies, it's like a fashion thing. You know, you wear your your woolly hat or whatever, for warmth or or as a, a fashion item you go to a wedding to to look nice um and so a woman has a choice to wear her head covering and it doesn't show the fact that she is submissive to the authority of her husband um it's a, a personal choice yeah but that's what originally it meant it was the fact that you were submissive to your husband if you wore a hat if you wore your hat mm-hmm. and so you were following the teachings of the Bible. But what he was saying at the root of it was this is when you pray or worship or speak to God. Yes. But if the women in your church weren't allowed to pray or speak or teach, then why did they have to wear the hat? Exactly. And that was, again, the arguments that took place. Um, And so, as I said, they then put into place the fact, well, you can, but not when men are present. But when they're wearing the hats for the normal service, they're not praying or preaching. No, they so have to be. So why are they wearing the hats? Yeah, they have to be silent and be submissive to their husband. It was showing submission. Yeah, they weren't allowed to use their voice during the service at all. They no. had to be completely silent. They they could sing, but but that was it. Yeah, they had to be completely silent. Now that fits in with something else. Something else I love. Ah, this is really good. I'm going to skip a little bit of my notes. Um, I've I've actually got um a bit of teaching from Michael Hannigan um, and uh, he actually talks about this as in why should women um, be silent in mm-hmm. church you know what what was the connection why do they have to be submissive why did they have to be um, silent when it says here they could pray they could prophesy as long as their head was covered mm-hmm. and yet they're not allowed to in my uh, my parents church I mean, um, women were even allowed to speak to Jesus in the Bible. Like, Jesus conversed with many women. Yeah, why, absolutely. Why is it as soon as we get into the building, our voices are not meant to exist anymore? Yeah, certainly. It makes no sense. No. So in 1 Corinthians 14, which is what I talked about earlier, yeah. Um, the first part of 1 Corinthians 14 talks about the order of, of church services. So, you know, if you speak in tongues, do this. If you do this, you know, do that type of thing. Uh-huh. But then it gets about... Um, Uh, verse 33 and it says this for god is not a god of confusion but of peace okay nice okay well maybe yeah as in all the churches of the saints the women should keep silent in the churches for they are not permitted to speak but should be in submission as the law also says if there is anything they desire to learn 
let them ask their husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman to speak in church. So we go, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33 and 34 and 35. Well, that's upsetting. Yeah, so you can see now how it fits together again with the submission part, Mm -hmm. but also the fact that women should keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak. So this is the same chapter yes that says when you speak have your head covered yeah well chapter yeah that's right i mean a couple chapters before but literally sorry the same book I the same book yeah so and not that far in front you know literally not that far in front at all so in one chapter he's saying when you speak when you pray when you talk to god have your head covered yeah but then a little bit later on it says you are not permitted to speak yes. or use your voice. You must be silent. Absolutely. It's not. The math ain't mathing. So basically, that's what they used to take on. is the fact that women, they could have their own time where they could speak if they covered their heads and they could pray in their own time without men present. But they had to, when they, when they were in the main service, they had to show submission by wearing a hat to show they're submissive to their husband. And, uh, and therefore, they can't speak. And... Again, you just think, as always, these Christians take everything out of context. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're talking about not only something which happened 2,000 years ago, we're talking about something that happened 2,000 years ago in a completely different culture. Yeah. Basically, if we look at some of the the first century Greek and Roman um, sort of people uh, of authority, these are the things they said about women. Okay, so... uh, some of the names you might recognize, some you might not. So so uh, Philio of Alexandria writes. So uh, Philio of Alexandria was about 20 uh, BC to 50 AD. Um, so he was around that sort of time. So basically the times of this. Um, and Philio of Alexandria writes, marketplaces and council halls and law courts and gatherings and meetings where a large number of people are assembled and open-air life with full scope of discussions and action. All these are suitable to men in both war and peace. The women are best suited to the indoor life which never strays from the house. (laughs) We are best suited to the indoor life. Yes, which never strays from the house. Like caged animals. Yeah. Organized communities are of two sorts, the greater which we call cities and the smaller which we call households. Both of these have their governors, the government of the greater assigned to men under the name of statesmanship and the lesser known as household management to women. So this was of that time. So if you can imagine this Bible is being written and scraped together it's pulling through all of these thoughts of these intelligent people. These were well, well, well yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. but these were the the spokesmen of the time. Now, Josephus. Have you we've heard of Josephus so many times? Josephus was around thirty seven to one hundred A.D. Um, so did I say one hundred? Yeah, one hundred yeah. A.D. Uh, he was a historian um, employed by um, the Romans as well as uh, the Jews themselves. Um, was was a very uh, used to supposedly quoted Jesus on the odd occasion, though it didn't seem to be in his own language. 
So it seemed as though it was added later on after his writings mm-hmm. were written. It was sort of slotted in. Oh, yeah. yeah. And there was a Jesus. And he also said this. Yeah. yeah. Remember him? And there's only a couple of verses. But anyway, that's, yeah. that's something else. But Josephus, who was a, a prominent person at the time, says this. When talking about the role of woman, especially in marriage, he says, but then what are our laws about marriage? That law owns no other mixture of sexes but that which nature hath appointed of a man with his wife, and that this be used only for the procreation of children. But it abhors the mixture of a male with a male, and if any one do that, death is its punishment. It commands us also, when we marry, not to have regard to portion, nor to take a woman by violence, nor to persuade her deceitfully and navishly, but to demand her in marriage of him who hath power to dispose of her, and is fit to give her away by the nearest of his kindred. Dispose of her. Mm. For, says the scripture, a woman is inferior to her husband in all things. I don't like how much you're smirking with that one. <laughs> I'm only smirking because it's absolutely crazy. And he quotes scripture, um, which is not scripture from the Bible, but Obviously, there were lots of spiritual books at the time, and the the book was Against Appion, book 2.25. I've never heard of it, but uh, that was from the scripture that he quotes. Um, it says, a woman is inferior to her husband in all things. And this was from Josephus. Uh, and then we got Plutarch. Um, Plutarch was, again, around 46 to 180, uh, 120, 180, could he have been old, 46 to 120 AD. Um, and Plutarch says this, A virtuous woman ought to be most visible in her husband's company and to stay in the house and hide herself away when he is away. A wife ought not to make friends of her own, but to enjoy her husband's friends in common with him. Not only the arm of the virtuous woman, but her speech as well, ought to be not for the public, and she ought to be modest and guarded about saying anything in the hearing of outsiders, since it is an exposure of herself, for in her talk can be seen her feelings, character and disposition. So uh, you can see women weren't regarded very highly in the first century when this right, when these writings were taking place. So when Paul's saying, um, be silent in church, that's probably because that was what was being said anyway by everyone in society at the time was, yeah, women, shut up, get to your house and uh, and make me some dinner, please. Put a hat on because you're shameful. Yeah, it was. Um, and as we said, these were these were the teachings, not of the church, though it was the church, but of society as a whole. And that's why we it's just batshit to think that we are taking our teachings from something which is so archaic in every possible way and saying, well, yeah, that's right, because it says so in the Bible. It's like, what? Seriously? And uh, and this was, as I said, this was from the Romans and the Greeks at the time. These were their beliefs. Women should be silent in their own house and uh, get on with it. Let the men do the real work. Yeah. Sorry, people out there. Is, uh, I'm just trying to put a bit of context as to why they, I, I assume, why they thought these things. Mm-hmm. And when I say that the Plymouth Brethren still seems to be Victorian um, in its beliefs, obviously we're looking at this, it's not Victorian, but it's sort of first century Christianity in their beliefs. Mm-hmm. 
I can't I can't describe to you as a woman how disturbing it is to hear those things. Yeah. Like we make light of it, we make jokes of it, but yes. there are still people who I walk past in town today who would read that piece of text and think, Yeah, that's right. I should be able to dispose of her. I should be able to cover her up and hide her away. Yeah. She shouldn't have friends. She shouldn't speak. She's yes. my property. Yes. It that is so horrible to yeah. hear. And to Not think funny it, no, no, I, and as you said, we do make light of these things, but it is it's horrific distressing, to hear. isn't yeah. it? And and actually no people that believe these things. You know, we've got friends even that still have these strict beliefs about what their wife should be doing um and what they shouldn't be doing in that extent and it's just like it's disturbing it's disturbing and so so sad isn't it it's so sad that's the case yeah very very upsetting but i just wanted to give it a a bit of background as to it wasn't necessarily the bible though obviously the bible's got a big thing to do with it it wasn't just the bible it was society as a whole in the first century Mm -hmm. where these were the beliefs but the, it, would, it would be one thing to say that and then think, but that's in the past. Yes, yeah. But there are people practicing it today. Yeah, Which yeah. means there are people who would read that yes. that you've just read out and think, yeah, I don't see anything wrong yeah. with that. They wouldn't be offended by that because yeah. they still believe yes. that hierarchy exists. And, and, th- and that is true. And that's why the Plymouth Brethren still continue to follow these practices. And think women are just disposable yeah. objects and given this, to them by God. And this is what we were talking about maybe last week or the week before when we were talking about, you know, women and sex and, you know, they were there literally to produce babies. Well, there we are. It says that in, in first century, that's what they believed. So they read this um, and they read the teachings and think, oh, yeah, well, the, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Plymouth Brethren always pride themselves on the fact that they follow New Testament teachings, and this is New Testament teachings, first gen- first century teachings. You know, the the first part of the Bible, um, or the first part of the early church, not the Bible, the first part of the early church. They are following those teachings, yeah. And therefore, if Paul says this, oh wow, that's that's what we must do. But Paul is just copying what society is talking about at the time. And who is Paul? And exactly. Like the, the, yes. the longer we spend out of Christianity, yes. the less power names like that have yes. over you. Yes, and certainly. So, and so you just start to think, what does his opinion matter to yeah. my life? Yes. Thousands of years on. Like when you're a Christian and you're in the Bible and you're in worship and you're brainwashed yeah, sure. and you hear the word the Paul, name Paul, yes. that means something yes. that carries a lot of weight. That's like an important figure in today's politics sure. or something. Yes. But the longer you're separated from reading the fucking Bible, yeah. the more that you're just like, well, who is Paul? Yes. Who is Paul to tell me? Yeah. Oh, I'm getting upset. But, but no, but, but also this, the, the problem is that these teachings, these thoughts are prevalent today obviously in yeah. in these churches but also unfortunately these churches um are then connected to government and so that's the problems we see now in America where the the state and the church don't mix well they do they take in their own teachings from you know mm-hmm. these crazy crazy ideas and say well yeah that's that's what should happen yeah 
And we're not just talking America, we're talking no. all over the world. I of mean, course. if we if we even stop to think about what's happening in Iran yeah, man, for sorry. five minutes, yes. I'll just lose my mind. Yes. There are young women being yeah. beaten to death yeah. for wearing their hijab incorrectly. Yes. Not even not wearing it. Yeah. They're wearing it, but not to the degree that some authority figure believes it should be worn and they're yeah. they're losing their lives over a piece of fabric. Yes which is meant to be a choice to wear anyway. Yeah. A hijab is meant to be a personal choice between mm. a woman and her God. Yes. And that choice is being taken away and it's being enforced and people are losing their lives because yeah. of the thing we're talking about here, because of hats, because of yes. scripture from thousands of years ago. It's, yes. so, it's so upsetting. Yes. Um, and, you know, everything is, is, you know, women were looked so poorly uh, in the past, I mean, I'm not saying they're they're looked at much better now, but in the past they were looked at so so poorly. Yeah. Um, I I don't know where they get that from, you know, in the sense, um, but it's religion has mm -hmm. basically screwed everything up, hasn't it? Really, big time. Um, and uh, I suppose the Abrahamic religions have messed all of that up. It's very very hard to hear. It's very disappointing. Yes. Very demoralizing. Yeah. To think we're not we're not any. We're not moving towards anything even better necessarily no, not, because there are, are still people that believe this. There are still people that, that view us this way. I can see where, in a sense, I, I'm, I'm just trying to think really how that, you know, if there was no religion, I, I don't think that would be possible. But if there was no religion, how that, you know, maybe things could be so much better. I don't know. The, the teachings which come through are are just so destructive aren't they mm -hmm. and i think without religion there's no need for hierarchy yeah there's no need for this structure where like either a woman or a man is higher than either because we're yes. not no no certainly we're all just humans yes. and then non-binary people and yes. gender fluid people yes. and people who don't feel the need to fit into that yeah that mold either that that's the other thing like there can't be wiggle room or a gray area yes. when you have these strict religious rules because it's like woman is woman and man is man yes but that's not the case for a large percentage of people yeah why do we still have to be under these rules yeah you said this one was going to be like a light-hearted episode <laughs> i said it'd be light-hearted in a sense of it's not going to hurt me so much <laughs> it's just going to hurt you <laughs> How very Christian so, of you. Whew, that's good. Yeah, I feel fine. No, I don't. I, I, I'm distressed. But all I wanted to put across more than anything else is the fact that this is so archaic. Um, I wanted it to be really clear. This is from the first century AD. These teachings came about from these supposedly intelligent people mm -hmm. that was adopted by all Um religions in a sense or by certainly by um the christianity was adopted this and because of that it spread to society even today and the fact that to little chapels little chapels yeah little tiny chapels women are still wearing hats because of something that josephus said in the first century because paul was listening to society at the, at the time and thinking yeah women uh needs to be put in their place a bit because it, it's god and then it's man and then it's woman and uh they can be you know i'm not saying that uh that women are less important than men because it, he does say that you know that man needs woman and woman needs man but yeah but actually you are not quite as good as but us. But just don't talk. Yeah, just don't talk. Can you just shut up? Yeah, you know, because to be fair, you, you're not that intelligent. 
and and that that is another thing that women actually weren't allowed to then go on to education most of them left um if they did have any form of education uh, at the age of 14 anyway because they had to then have children so in a sense they were regarded as not as intelligent because they didn't have the teachings anyway they weren't able to go into further education in a sense um so that was a, that was another thing yeah um so this is obviously an issue still to this day and if you go onto the Plymouth Brethren the exclusive Plymouth Brethren's website um they have now even some teaching on there to help people to understand why it is important um so they've got uh, an article called the head covering issue by Donald L Norby um and he explains why basically it's important to have your head covered um, so first of all, he talks about, let's examine both positions and try to understand the reasoning involved. So first, let us hear the stand of those who believe dress is a matter of culture. So basically, lots of people say, well, it was a cultural thing mm-hmm. at the time. And so, you you know, you wore a veil at the time because it was a cultural thing um, or it was done in those times, but it's not necessary now. Um and so he would then, basically, he talks about the fact that that Paul does not appeal to the command of Scripture to reinforce, but to what is proper or fitting. He does uh, appeal to Scripture for the creation of order to teach the subordinate role of the woman. Here, the veil is viewed as a symbol of her submission to male authority. Uh, and the the wording is so... I can't think of the word so hurtful so disconcerting yeah it's just to think that these are the words which they're putting on there you know as in today today you know women be submissive Uh, and a woman appearing uh, without a veil in public at that time was viewed as disgraceful uh, because she is stepping out of her role and dress as a woman in that culture Um, but that's why you'll see Plymouth Brethren today wearing headscarves because you know otherwise it'd be classed as disgraceful so that's why they wear them all the time not just during um services themselves mm-hmm. uh, for a woman to be unveiled in public is not to transgress public propriety or to step out of her role as a submissive wife today to put on a veil is to go against social custom so they're saying basically um it's not a tradition now to wear veils but they're they're actually you know it's to it's to go against customs and actually to be it's to is a role to show that her submission to her husband basically i think is what they're trying to say um and it then talks about the fact that it's important you know some people do wear hats nowadays so you'll find that people in the military will wear hats and people in you know in uniforms and nurses used to wear hats do they still wear hats i don't think they do no um but that sort of thing they'd all wear hats so you could know each other and and the rank uh and how important hats were but uh that's not necessarily a, a point now because people don't necessarily wear hats it says uh, uh, churches for 1900 years have generally practiced head covering for the woman the roman catholic church for centuries was very strict on this a woman could not enter one of their churches without putting a scarf or a hat on her head. Until recently, nuns wore veils, and most Protestant churches encourage women to wear a hat. There's a long tradition in the churches for women to be covered. So? Yeah, exactly. You know, so? 
you know, who cares? And then he says, secondly, Paul takes a very strong stand on women being veiled in 1 Corinthians 11. If it were a matter of a culture, would he have written so strongly urging women to be veiled? He asserts this as a symbol of her taking her proper place in society. And then thirdly, it is an eloquent symbol that a woman is willingly taking her God-ordained place in the church. In a world where women are asserting their independence and rejecting the idea of difference in sex roles, this is a powerful statement by a godly woman of her submission to God's word. Wow. So this is actually from their website. This is the teaching that they're taught. So I, I wanted to get the words out. This is their words, not mine. They basically um, just shamed women that want equal rights. Yes. Um, and the roles, the, the different roles, yeah. And rejecting the idea of a difference in sex roles that is a powerful statement by a godly woman of her submission to God's word. So they're saying, if I'm wearing a veil, if you can see me with a scarf outside and I'm walking along the streets, you should regard that woman as a very special person because she's showing her submission to her husband and her submission to God and showing her role as as a woman. And then it says, finally, Paul insists that this is the universal practice of the churches, 1 Corinthians eleven sixteen. Those who contend for a different position go against the teaching followed in other assemblies. Apostolistic practice was uniform in this area in the first century. So there we go. So that's there. I mean, I could go on there if yeah. you are really interested go onto their website is the uh the plymouth brethren website and you'll find it uh find it there you can do a bit more reading there's a, there is a lot more there that you could read yeah but briefly i mean that we, was just a, yeah. a, a brief snippet of, of the sorts of things they're saying basically they're saying that again um it's showing their godly position if you wear a hat you're saying you're submissive to god and you're submissive to your husband and therefore you're following your role as a woman wonderful so looping back to your your yeah. sort of experience yeah certainly so basically as i was saying um you know at the age of 12 seeing these screaming matches going on was so disconcerting um and so you know they they made the acceptance as i i've said a couple of times of them saying well okay you can speak and you can pray but only amongst yourselves you mm -hmm. can't in the in the you know in the main meeting because it says in 1 corinthians 14 therefore that women should be silent they say that because of course women at the time they believed were of objects objects property. of no importance and weren't educated basically yeah um that's where that came from but that's besides the point um so it says that in 1 14 therefore um you have to be silent you know mm -hmm. we're we're following these teachings and so that's what they did they had their own their own time um the ladies in particular and i can think of a couple of them um left the church okay um because understandably i mean the way you're feeling and how upset you are we're talking now probably 30 years ago um these people had these feelings yeah. and were very um independent women and why you know it's it's baffling to to think that women weren't allowed to have a voice mm -hmm. and these women just wanted to have a voice not to say that they wanted to take over no. the 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 service not to say that they wanted to you know start teaching um ridiculous ideas and and things you know about god they just wanted to 
pray. Participate. Yeah, participate. They yeah. just wanted to be an equal. They'll say, well, we are equals. You've just got different roles. That's what they say. Right. Um, you, we're all equal. You know, man and woman are equal. We just have different roles in life. But that's untrue because they believe in a hierarchy. They believe yes. that a woman is under a man. Yes. So, you know, that proves that they don't believe that. Yeah, sure. But, so during these meetings, mm. were your parents involved in the screaming or were or were they sort of like sitting back and, and just observing the screaming and then they talked to you about it afterwards or were your parents stood up screaming, crying, okay. arguing? Um, so number one, my dad was, as I said, was almost like chief elder, even though he wasn't allowed to be because they were all, you know, the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a very gentle chap uh, and he would listen and he would respond. My mother um, wasn't such a gentle person um, and so would respond vehemently. So she was allowed to speak during the meeting? Yeah, it was an AGM. So it wasn't a biblical thing. It was just a get together meeting, I think. And so okay. they were allowed to speak in those times. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's that's how they got around that one. Um, but more than that, it wasn't the the screaming and shouting in the meetings. It was the the talks afterwards, as I say afterwards. I can imagine, you know, yeah. It's the the drive home in the car in those um, sort of journeys. Then that's when the discussions would come out, and that's when true feelings would come out. And I think, and that's where most of the destructive. Um, part that's happened in my life has happened in a sense listening to those conversations affected me from an early age um, when you hear someone sort of bad mouthing someone all the time um, about a particular thing and then you see them the next week and they're all smiles and cuddles and <laughs> laughs and and everything else and then you get back in the car afterwards and it's like and did you see that person and about that same person it's mm -hmm. just like it teaches you wrong things. Yeah, that's not healthy. Let's 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 say it that way. Um, and so those conversations were really destructive. Uh, and so things might not have necessarily come out in the meetings, but they certainly came out in the car journeys afterwards. And so, what was your parents's your parents's? Yeah, my your, parents. Your parents' yeah. stance. And uh, obviously, they were wrong, uh, and they, my, my parents were right. You know. And therefore, they wanted that woman to be quiet because they believed she was one of these types that um, was too opinionated, that um, wanted equal rights for for women, was one of these types. And your parents' stance was she should shut up, wear her hat. And be submissive to her husband. Okay. Because her husband was quite a quiet chap. And so she was the more dominant person in that relationship. It wasn't just one, there was a couple. But similar, you know, they were the most dominant person in that relationship. That relationship was wrong because it should be the man. And then the woman should be submissive to that man. But in the relationship, obviously the woman was the head and the man was submissive. And therefore that was wrong. And that's that was the the core of their, I think, not disgust, but that was the core of their them wanting to say no, in a sense, was the fact, well, the order in your family is wrong. But that's interesting because you just said that your dad was quite gentle yeah. and calm and nice to people yes. and your mum was opinionated yes. and more aggressive. So could they not see the hypocrisy within their own relationship? Yeah, but my mother always used to say, but my dad was the boss. Though she used to say that, mm -hmm. but in practice, 
might not necessarily have been the case. Yeah, he would let her win yes, a lot of the time. He would. So, But they couldn't see that. No. They couldn't see the parallels in their own relationship no. where he was more calm and forgiving yeah. and gentle and she was the, the angrier one. Yes, certainly. They couldn't see that. No. And so as as, as you would understand and, and as was only right, those people left because how can you stay in a place where you're not given a voice? And you're being enforced to do something you don't want to do. Yes, and yeah. don't believe in. And yeah. how that they would say these things of, yeah, but this is this was taken from culture thousands of years ago, you know, and they would try to bring the um, other side of the argument. But what you've got to remember is that the Plymouth Brethren know everything about everything and anyone else is wrong. wrong. Yeah. And that's what it comes down to. And that's why there were these big arguments. And that's how sad, in a sense, that that happened throughout all aspects. But I was just saying, you know, even the the, the little camp that we went to, the fact that the, the girls there were so influenced by these teachings and they were, you know, almost lording it over everyone else. The fact that, oh, yes, you know, we wear hats and, oh, yes, we, we do these things properly. We're holier than We're you. We're holier than you. We are from the strictest of churches and we do things right, unlike you lot. So you can see it was just such a mess, an absolute mess. But I know even now it's not something that's dying out. This still continues. The fight. The fight. Yeah. And it still continues with wearing hats. Mm-hmm. It still continues the fact that women aren't given a voice. Uh, the church that I attended um, now has one man in the church. Um, and when he's ill, the church shuts because women aren't allowed to speak without the man being there. So mm-hmm. they don't have the morning service. Yeah. Um, and we've seen that happen in lots of churches. Yeah. haven't we where yeah. the church gets to a certain size and then they shut because there's only one man left and he dies so yeah very very sad really um but in a sense it's sad but good because hopefully this teaching will come to an end mm-hmm. i can't see it but you know in a sense you know because of of what i see in society nowadays and how women are tre- still treated all good and fun stuff. Yay! Yay! So, I have some questions. Go on. If you're finished with your stories. Yes, yeah. Okay. So, growing up, mm. how did you feel about women wearing hats, women not wearing hats? What was your impression of the situation? I, I'm a person that doesn't like confrontation. I don't know if you noticed that. R- wow. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's in me. I, I'm sort of letting it out now. Right, thanks for sharing yeah, that. That's yeah, that's fine. Um, and so in a sense, um, it meant nothing to me. I couldn't see what difference it would make. Like the point of it. Um, I, yeah, I just couldn't see the point of it. I couldn't see whether it would make any difference at all, whether or not they wore a hat or not. It, it meant nothing to me. And then to see these people screaming and shouting about it made it even worse. It was almost like, well, just shut up. Just don't wear a hat. I don't care. So at what point did your sister start wearing a hat? That would have been again after she was baptised, she would have started wearing a hat, yeah, right away. She used to wear a scarf, a headscarf, I remember, but uh, yeah. Right, and when you started seeing her doing that, did you think that's a bit weird? No, 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 not at all. It seemed normal to you? It was normal, it's what what everyone did, yeah. In fact, it was almost like a rite of passage. Mm -hmm. You know, you're baptised, oh, now you can... 
you can take it's hat time yeah well you can take part in the breaking of bread great it meant to say that I wasn't allowed to do my battleships anymore which sucked yeah um, I had to pretend I was enjoying it and uh, yeah. and taking part um which is fine but when you're 12 oh man you know you know hour and three quarters of people waffling on was yeah, yeah. it's not good and so obviously that for like a little kid as well, for you and your sister, that enforces really strong gender, mm. like conformity roles. Yeah, stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Like she's 12, she has to cover her hair now yeah. as though there's any difference. Yeah, sure. Really, really strange situation. And in fact, even to the extent of my sister was looked down upon because she wasn't very good at cooking. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she tried to do it. Um, they used to take the mick because she tried to make some... Yorkshire puddings on one occasion and they were so bad they threw them out in the garden um, and a crow came down and tried to bite one and got it stuck on the end of his beak um, and it was so ridicule yeah I, I mean it was funny to be fair seeing a crow running around with a Yorkshire pudding stuck on the end of its beak but that was it forever then was the fact that oh yeah my sister can't cook you know she's not a true woman then is she yeah at probably a young ish age yeah yeah certainly yeah Yeah, certainly wonderful yes good so were these conversations that your parents would have with you where they would sort of seriously sit you down and say like explain to you the reason why women were wearing hats or is it just another biosmosis yeah never i've never i would never have had a a conversation about this they're good at communicating oh so so good no it was a case of you went to the meetings, you've got the teaching at the meetings, you heard each other screaming at each other, and I got most of my teaching then in the conversations that my mother had my father in the way home in the car. Mm-hmm. As in, that's ridiculous, that's not right. And you're both sitting there in the back seat listening to this, yeah. and so that's how you learn. And that's how you learn, yeah. Your, your, your gender roles. Yes, certainly. Fun. Yeah, no, so that was good, yeah. So, did you, at that sort of age, because obviously, you know, you like girls. Yeah, sure. Are you thinking, okay, so one day my wife is going to have to wear a hat. She's going to be submissive. She's going to... Like, did you have that image of what a wife was going to be? No, I didn't. No, no, not at all. Um, No, I've never had that that idea of of things, actually. That's a really good question. Um, Even when I was, like, 15 and I was still in the Brethren Church and I was still interested, obviously, in brethren girls then um no I, I didn't assume then therefore that they would have to conform no not at all i i didn't have that idea ever it's just strange because you grow up in such a sheltered one ideology environment yeah. and you go to these meetings where people yeah. are screaming about gender roles screaming about hats screaming about submission mm. and then none of that rubbed off on I, I how think, you viewed your future wife i think the reason being um thinking of it is the fact that I hated the Brethren Church. Right. I believed in God. I had a relationship with God. I was a Christian. Um, I believe probably, I mean, I supposedly became a Christian at five. I didn't, you know, but yeah. probably from the age of 12, certainly when I got baptized, I believe I, I made a proper relationship. And so I had a relationship with God, but I hated the Brethren Church. Yeah. It was everything against everything I ever, you know, thought or did or, or wanted to do in my life. It was so strict. I'm a creative person. There was no creative, per- you know, chance to be creative. Yeah. Um. There was, I, I just hated it. I, I just hated it. And so the thought of um, at the age of 25, still being in the Brethren Church, to be like, 
no, there wasn't a hope. Right, so you as soon always as I, knew. Yeah, as soon I always knew as soon as I could get out, I was going. Right. And I think that's why at the age of 18 or 19, when my parents went on holiday, I went to a Penty church. You were gone. I was gone because I wanted to find out why their church was better than ours. And it was, you know, um, as a Christian, it, 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 was, it met my needs more because I was this creative person. Now, obviously, it doesn't because obviously it's a load of rubbish. But at that time, it, it met my needs, and yeah. I, I think I, I never, never liked. I, I didn't like anything about the Brethren Church. Yeah, and I, I know my sister always talks about the fact she's nodding it now, but she always says, "Oh, the breaking of bread service. I missed that so much. It was such a magical thing." Wow. And I think it's it was magical in another way. It was just so destructive it was the most horrible thing i ever went to yeah. i hated it yeah i hated that more than anything else the yeah. breaking of bread service i just couldn't get my head around it so yeah to, to get out please as soon as i could i wanted to go so the idea of the brethren church's view of women and hats it yeah. was it was never like a romantic idea to no, you. like oh no. with their pretty hats no and they... not at all okay it was hats get rid of them Women behaving this way. No, be a woman. Um, you know, Aww, just Tom, Tom was a little feminist. I was, yeah. Aww. I just want. Yeah, I didn't like anything about it. Yeah. And so, in a sense, I'd almost want to go opposite. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I hated hymns. I mean, I still get PTSD from listening to a hymn. Yeah. Literally. God's love. No, 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 is no, no, like no. I really. That wasn't. A, yeah. But I just hated hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, I hated so much about it. So going to a Penty church when there was modern music, it was like, oh, this was a breath of fresh air. Um, you could say it slapped. Oh, it's slapped. <laughs> yeah, so no, never wanted to follow anything from there. Okay. So my next question, you've kind of already answered okay. it, but I just want to say it anyway. So did you grow up with any feeling of authority or superiority over women? Did you ever feel better than your sister or more in charge? Yeah. No. Okay. Um, I, I even think of um, some friends who were girls in the Brethren Church. I didn't think I was better than them. Okay. Um, at that's, all. That's good to hear, Tom. Yeah, that is, that is good to hear. No, because again, I just think though I was in the Brethren Church, I never wanted to be in the Brethren Church. Though I was a Christian, I didn't want anything to do with that church yeah and that that's really interesting because i think if things had been slightly different you could have been in completely the opposite way and you could have been very much i'm the man i'm yeah yeah sure you know i think a lot of people in patriarchal religions do grow up that way yeah certainly that's interesting yeah i just though I, i i really did have a relationship with god at the time um i just didn't like any of the structure i didn't like any of the are you trying to get people drunk who are playing the drinking game like you're just... <laughs> you hated church yeah absolutely we're getting it Here we, are. we are getting it <laughs> did you find it strange that your mother was so silent in church given how opinionated and strong she was outside of church like spending time with your mother she is not a person who is going to mm. keep her opinions to herself She's not someone who feels inferior yeah. to to men, to people, to anyone. She's a very strong lady. Yes. So did you find it strange witnessing her having to be silent, having to be submissive in I, that building? Yeah, I mean, 
I didn't like, it wasn't until later on in life, probably when I was about 15 or 16, I didn't like her change in attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really grated how that... Of course, yeah. Um, to uh, myself and my sister, she could be very angry and aggressive and horrible and then literally within 30 seconds was smiling and giggling and laughing with people at church a different persona um and it was that's what used to great yeah. like it used to be like how can you be so two-faced you know yeah. if you're that grumpy just be grumpy but don't be so more than anger it was it wasn't pleasant and then to go into a church and be so <laughs> and silent and yeah all these sorts of things mm-hmm. i just it wasn't until later in life that i i disliked it a lot yeah certainly. yeah it must have been strange to see her be really openly opinionated and talkative at home and then yeah. the second you're in that building she has to change yes. and be a different person. And yeah. then you're seeing both sides of that sure. and thinking, well, who are you then? Yeah, certainly. Yeah. But I, I saw her as, as the feminist one, not the not the other. Yeah, of Because church was only a couple of hours, wasn't it? She was putting on an act for yes. other people. So everyone else thought she was this lovely... Well, yeah, smart, you know, nice clothes, very smart and all this sort of nice thing. Children nice children. Nice and... children, a hat. The children were all dressed properly and... Yeah. Yeah. It's all about appearance. Yes. So my final question was, did a woman ever come hatless? And you did. You answered this. They had. They were banished to, to the outer ring. Yeah, I think um, to a breaking of bread service, they would not be allowed in, I think. They would just be told to come back They'd later. Say, you know, yeah. They, number one, you'd probably, if it was a complete visitor, from somewhere else they'd say you know where they would be questioned Mm -hmm. oh great you know it's lovely to see you where have you come from um well we came from america oh brilliant what sort of church have you come from in america and they'd be questioned interrogated Uh, yes and they'd say well in our church we do require people to wear a hat so here's a scarf or Mm -hmm. you know here's something to put on your head so you can take part in our service Mm -hmm. not that they'd be allowed to take part here's a hat so you can sit silently in our service yeah yeah Batshit. And it, it's interesting as well because a lot of the women in your mother's church have very short hair. Yeah. Oh, very, abs- yes. very short hair. Like yes. we're talking permed, yeah. shorter than a bob hair. Yes. And the passage was about women keeping their hair exactly, long. Exactly, exactly. And so again, it's cherry picking. It is, yeah. yeah. And so again, and, you know, pierced ears and all of these things. And, you know, the hat being, you know, sort of, you know, showing submission. Well, their hats would show, you know, the status, status and glory because there were so many feathers and things sticking out of the things. You know, it's more like decoration, wasn't yeah, it? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Like, look at me. Not, not I'm submissive to my husband. It was just, it's wrong. It was all messed yeah. up. Um, and I wouldn't even like to say, well, you know, they might have got it right in the first place. With this, no, they didn't, because women's place in church is wrong in the Brethren Church. It is yeah. wrong, completely. They got it wrong. Yeah, and they'll never change. That's no, the they problem. won't. No, they'll never change. But they'll they, never see that. No, they got that wrong, yeah. 100%. I, I always remember having a, a discussion with my father and saying, why is it that there are women preachers and that... Um, this is when I was going to the Pentecostal church and I said the woman came along to our church 
and she spoke. Um, and at the end of it, 50 people came up to the altar call uh, and uh, sort of became Christians. And I said, how come that's the case? If that's a woman, why is it that if it's wrong, why is that happening? Surely God would stop that from happening. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, he said, uh, it's obviously because there were no men to, to step up to, to do the job. So God had to use her type thing so so again it's just loopholes yeah and he was putting hypocrisy. it down by saying like well you know she was the only one left really there should men should have done it but but there weren't any so she was god, the last resort so god had to use a woman it's just like oh you know but come it, on but again that just goes against what they're saying because that proves men that god can use a woman yes so she can have a voice under yeah, certain circumstances exactly that, it makes no sense it makes no sense whatsoever it was a mess yeah yeah a mess and i you know, even now, um, I know my mum will watch women on God TV preach and think they're wonderful. Well, how does that work out with with your belief systems? You know, yeah. what, what's that all about? They they they've got it wrong. They really have got it wrong. Yeah. And they're basing all their teaching on something which is archaic, and not only archaic, archaic and wrong at the time. It's yeah, it's wrong. <laughs> so. Take a shot every time Tom says it's wrong <laughs> and that he didn't enjoy church going up, no, growing up. No, so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So in, in summary, we're not happy about it. No. Um, in summary, it went on. In summary, it continues to go wrong. It continues to go on. And I just don't think they've thought it through properly no that's all i just you it's, know it's, it's just a tradition a tradition that they can't let go of yeah and they've they had teaching and they had arguments about it 20 years ago but now there's no one to argue they just do it we've always done it this way yeah what's the point of changing now yeah that's their view i think so they don't even know why they're doing it i don't think so no no it's wrong we don't agree with it yeah it was horrible yes and yes yeah so I, I hated church. Absolutely. <laughs> so I didn't think that episode would get me as angry as it did. Sorry about that. I thought yeah. it was going to be a reasonably, yeah, you know, almost joke, jokey episode sure. where you just talk about hats. But it got quite it is traumatizing. A, it's a big feminist thing, you know, important subject which was dismissed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and ridiculed. And ridiculed. Yeah. There we go. Linking from last week. So. That ends episode four of the Plymouth Brethren Deep Dive. Sure. The hat drama saga yeah, series. Um, next week for episode five, what are we going to be covering? Yeah. Um, well, we've got, this is a biggie, um, and it's not personal now for me, but it is a person, I have personal subject, and it's about fornication. We're going there? Yeah, so it's fornication. Wow. Yeah, so get ready for that this one. That is a big one. It is a big one, and I have many a story about this one. Okay. Yes. So fornication and basically the PB's reaction to yeah, it. Yeah, certainly. Wow. Yeah, certainly. So tune in next week to listen to that as we dive even deeper into the crazy world that is the Plymouth Brethren. Certainly. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope you got value out of it. We hope it wasn't too distressing. I'm sorry out there for everyone who was just mortified by this episode or drunk now because yeah of, yeah <laughs> but thank you for listening um don't forget you can message us on yep. instagram 
you can email us xcompod at gmail.com the link to everything and the facebook group is in the description and join us next week from 10am to reclaim our sundays and fornicate so bye bye. arthur will be glad you did that